Hi guys, welcome to our environmental health unit. Today we are going to explore the importance of environmental health and the risk factors and the way that we can assess others for um, environmental exposures. So why is this so important? Well, it's because the quality of air that we breathe, the land that we live on, the water that we drink is going to affect our health long term. So we as nurses need to be able to identify health risks on others and then also be able to use toxicology, which helps us to understand how the chemicals that we're exposed to, whether it's, you know, um, through the air that we breathe or the water that we drink or the land that we live on and how those chemicals affect us negatively. So let's talk about some of the environmental risks that we have. The first one is toxins. We have lead, pesticides, uh, asbestos, radon. When we were building our home uh, in, in Utah, in northern Utah, we learned about radon. Now, we have worked in healthcare. Both my husband and I are both nurses. And this is something that we were not that familiar with. We've heard the term, but didn't really realize where we could ex be exposed by it. And what we learned is that the area that we live in was especially at risk for high radon levels. So we contacted a company who actually sells, you know, like their filtration systems and stuff, but they will send you a free radon kit. Now we put it down in our basement. They have these, you know, things that they say, well, don't open any doors or windows or anything for like 24 hours. And then you send the kit back to them and they test your levels. Well, ours came out to be 40. Well, the safe level is four. And radon is something that can cause major health risks such as lung cancer um, if you live in levels that are high well over four. So it's important for me to um, to see how even the people that live in the same neighborhood that are at high risks to make sure that they're educated because they may not know about it just like we didn't. Now air pollution, this is another environmental risk. Remember that the motor vehicles, they're the greatest source of air pollution that there is out there. We also need to look at tobacco smoke. Rules are getting a little bit better and we're educating people more about smoking. I remember as a kid, I always say that I smoked three, I secondhand smoked three packs a day because, um, you know, my family and members, they smoked and it was just a thing that was, I wasn't alone in this children all the time that I grew up with. They lived in other households where there was cigarette smoke. And so I don't think it was as well known, um, the, the health effects or risks on with secondary hand smoke. Uh, water pollution. Uh, this may be location specific, but depending on where you live, you may have runoff from chemicals that are added to the soil, um, waste, erosion after like mining or timbering. Um, and the next one is contamination. We can have contamination for food, food products with bacteria, um, pesticides, radiation, medication. Uh, it's a funny story for you guys. So um, we were cleaning and my husband had put some um, or I had been cleaning the oven and I had sprayed some oven cleaner on the top of the stove and we have like a griddle. So my husband thought that it would be fun. We've, we've barbecued pineapple slices before and it's really, really great. So he decided he was going to use the griddle to barbecue these, um, pineapple slices. Well, little did he know that I left the, uh, the oven cleaner on the top of the stove to try to clean the griddle and everything else, but I forgot to clean it off. Oh my gosh. So uh, a little while later, my husband serves us all lunch, and so I eat this pineapple, which was dripping, and I thought it tasted a little bit funny, but I didn't think anything of it because it was, you know, pineapple, and he had added some honey to it and stuff, so I just thought, okay, well, whatever. Well, a little while later, I get this really bad headache, and this headache is just like pounding and pounding, and it felt so different from 
any other headache that I had. So I went and laid down and I'm thinking, wow, this is really bad. So I went and took some ibuprofen and, you know, it was like, it kind of subsided, but it was still there. And then just after that, I got really bad heartburn. Actually, I take it back. I think the heartburn came first before the headache. And I remember telling my son, wow, I have got really bad heartburn. And I couldn't figure out why I don't really get heartburn unless I'm like pregnant or something. And this heartburn was just like burning all the way down. So I took some Toms and thought that was strange. Then I went into the headache thing. Eventually it cleared up after I had drank like tons and tons of water thinking like, maybe I'll just like wash whatever the acid or anything that kind of is coming up and bothering my esophagus and stuff. But later on, it wasn't until late that evening that I had realized that I had left the oven cleaner on. And I fortunate enough that I had drank plenty of water to wash it out of my system before it really kind of caused damage to my esophagus. But that was really, really dangerous. So we have to, we have to learn about some of these environmental risks. I could have gone to the hospital and, you know, hopefully they would have run through some of these things, some of my, you know, current or past environmental risks to figure out what, what was causing the problem. So some of the roles for nurses, we need to participate in policy development, things that help us to identify gaps in, in healthcare and education for the public that help um, the public to understand things about radon or second secondhand smoke or, you know, leaving oven cleaner on the top of your oven for hours. Um, now, let's talk about a mnemonic called iPrepare. This is a quick reference tool that is used to determine current and past environmental exposures. So the I stands for investigate. So we're investigating potential exposures. Um, in this case, you know, oven cleaner. Uh, P, present work exposures. Um, the use of personal protective equipment. Are individuals going to work and they're protecting themselves? Are they bringing home hazardous material on their clothing? Um, R stands for residents. So what's the age of their home? What is the heating like? Um, what about chemical storage in their home? Uh, environmental concerns is the next um, the letter in the I prepare mnemonic. Environmental concerns include air, water, soil. You know, what are they drinking? Are they in a well water? Is the well water possibly contaminated? The P stands for past work. So past work exposures. Did they work on a farm? Were they in the military? Um, what about volunteer work? What about the length of work? Um, my grandfather, he worked in the mines um, for many, many years, and he died of lung cancer, which they attribute to the exposure that he had when he was um, from his past work exposure. Now, A stands for activities. So things like, what are their hobbies? What other activities do they like to do? Gardening, fishing, hunting. Uh, do they like to do melting or burning? What type of eating do they like to do? Pesticides, um, alternative healing or medicine. So those are all things that contribute to environmental exposures. Now the R stand the the second R in I prepare is referrals and resources. So what resources are available to these people? Environmental protection agencies. They're responsible for helping to protect the public. Um, what about Agency for Toxic Substances and Disease Registries, OSHA, the MSDS, local health departments, environmental agencies, poison control? I don't know about you, but if you're a parent, you most likely had um, some type of uh, call to poison control. I know I have when my children have gotten into something. I remember my mother watched our children and one of my little kids was found licking um, one of those plug-in air fresheners. <laughs> and it was just like the oil and stuff in there and they're actually not hazardous. Um, but 
you know, she called poison control because she wasn't sure whether or not that was something that could harm them. And the last uh, letter in I prepare is educate. So we need risk reduction, prevention, and follow-up. So when we're thinking about working for individuals that maybe have had some environmental health um, exposure, there are some key questions that we can ask them. Of course, we want to ask them about their housing. We want to ask them about their occupations. Do they currently smoke? What hobbies are there? Are what hobbies are done in their home? Um, what exposures are do they have to chemicals or radiation? Another funny story for you. Um, when I was first married, um, we lived in this small basement apartment, and we had our first son, and he was about he was a couple months old, and he started coughing. Long story short, we found out later on, this is back in like 2003-ish, when they had the big outbreak of um, pertussis. He did end up having pertussis, but at the time, we didn't know that. A lot of physicians kept saying, wow, it sounds like pertussis, but you know, we haven't seen pertussis in so many years, so it is most likely you know, reflux or asthma or something like that. Well, one thing that we had considered is that in our apartment, in the living room, we were down in the basement, and... Um, we had lath and plaster walls. This house had to have been over 100 years old, and the walls were made out of lath and plaster. Now, for some of you, you may not know what that is, but instead of like your normal, um, what is it, the boards that we have just on our walls that we paint and everything, um, instead of that, they have like this, the, this lath and plaster stuff that is what made up the walls. So they didn't have like the normal two by fours with the insulation and things like that. So this lath and plaster, um, anytime it was getting wet from the outside, it wasn't being protected from the exterior. So water would seep in and it would make this lath and plaster bubble kind of like it was just like foaming or something, but it was hard and crusty. And we were really worried that it was some type of chemical or something that was getting in the air and exposing our sun. We actually took a sample up to Utah State and they tested it and just said, no, it is actually just like sediment and things like that that were um, coming out through the lath and plaster. But that was something that we thought about because our son could not stop coughing. So um, there are some national health care goals, and I will let you guys read a little bit more about that in your textbook. But let's talk about some of the primary, secondary, and tertiary prevention measures. So when we think about primary prevention, of course, it's most important to remember that we want to eliminate things like lead-based paint from homes, um, provide uh, like, you know, measures to help educate people so that instead of backtracking after they already have a problem, trying to educate them in the beginning. So um, things like educating groups to reduce environmental health, health hazards, supporting programs that reduce, reuse, and recycle, um, advocate for waste reduction, things like that. Now, secondary prevention, this is going to um, obtain health histories, kind of like, you know, of course, screening because secondary prevention has to do with screening. And so we'll want to screen, you know, kids younger, you know, maybe age six to five years old for blood levels, make lead, lead blood level levels. <laughs> oh my goodness, I can't talk. To make sure that they're not being exposed, especially if they live in older homes. Um, for the community, you can survey for health conditions that can be, you know, a result for environmental exposures. People that have worked in the mines or worked in places that they're exposed to chemicals will start screening those individuals to try to get them the necessary help that they need before it turns into a long-term chronic condition. Now, for tertiary prevention, 
we want to educate clients that have things like asthma um, to start reducing those environmental triggers because this is something that asthma is likely not to go away, but we can help reduce those things that in, that expose them to a trigger or an attack. Um, we need to support cleanup of toxic waste, make sure there's a removal of other ha health hazards that other people can be exposed to. Now, um, that's all I've got for you today. There's a lot about environmental health. It's extremely important, so I hope you will take the time, again, to read the, your textbook, watch and read the resources that we have in Canvas for you. And please let me know if you guys have any questions. I hope you have a wonderful week and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much.